You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Last week I preached a message called Praise Unlocked. Unlocked is all about this idea that for the last 18 months or so, we've had many different things in our lives that have felt closed, locked up, or restricted, but now is the time to unlock those things and truly be the church that God has called us to be and the people that God has called us to be. So my message today is called Proximity Unlocked, Bursting the Bubbles, Bursting the Bubbles. I want you to think back for a moment on the most awkward moment of your life. That awkward moment that keeps you awake at night and you feel the sweats when you think about it. You get anxious just thinking about it. You're all smiling. So you've all had that moment. And for me, some of my most awkward moments, I can't share on a platform, but one that came really close just last Friday night while out for dinner, I'm going to share with you just now. Now, Lysandra and I went out with some friends for a Nando's. Who likes Nando's in this place? Other restaurants are available, but you can't beat a Nando's chicken wrap. In Jesus' name, it's almost lunch. Let's move on quick. We were out with friends for dinner, and we sat down, done all of the, you know, hugs, great to see you, sat down and ordered. And Lysandra joked with our friends at the table that it was my half birthday, Now, church, my actual birthday is in December, so it wasn't even my half birthday, but who even celebrates half birthdays? What is a half birthday anyway? So I'm laughing this off saying, it's not my half birthday, guys, whatever. You know, joke's over, finished, locked away, see you later. But I remember sitting, we finished dinner, and you know, we're about to leave, we're about to go do an escape room, which we completed on our own with no help. That is a miracle, people. But just before we left, everybody's eyes at the table lit up and smiles came on their faces. As they looked over my shoulder, I turned around and noticed the Nando's waitress walking down the aisle holding a chocolate cake, walking towards me as everybody in the restaurant started to sing happy birthday. And I'm looking around thinking, whose actual birthday is it today? Who are they looking for? And she comes and puts this cake right splat in front of me and everybody at the table singing. And I have to sit there and awkwardly pretend it's my actual birthday in order to eat the cake. A moment where you just want the ground to swallow you up, right? We've all had those moments in life, haven't we? And I think coming out of the last 18 months, what has happened is we've got a lot of relational awkwardness in terms of proximity and acting and dealing with each other. You've probably had it already today. Somebody goes to give you a high five, but you stick out an elbow to give them an elbow tap. They go to give you that elbow tap, but you stick out the foot to give them a foot tap. You go to shake somebody's hand, but they go to give you a fist bump, so you're awkwardly standing there shaking someone's fist. All of us have had those moments, haven't we, of relational awkwardness. And I think what has happened over the last season is this relational awkwardness has seeped into who we are as people. We've learned to accept the proximity of relationships via boundaries. 
And in particular, we've learned to accept this relational divide via the boundary of a bubble. And that bubble has created relational awkwardness and exclusivity. Only socialize in your bubbles. Only hug those in your bubbles. Only spend time with those peoples in your bubbles. Book from Joe Moran says this. He writes, touch is what connects the physical and the emotional so tightly that you can't tell them apart. He goes on further to write in his book. He says this. I wonder how it will feel when we can hug people again. Will we have to relearn the protocol or will muscle memory just kick in? Will our nerve endings have been deadened or hypersensitized by abstinence? Will we hug everyone too much and too hard because our feeding habits have switched to feast or famine mode like wolves who kill more than they can eat? One thing we do know, we now know, is that we are hardwired for touch. We were not meant to swerve away from each other in the street or mime hugs through windows, how many people have been there, or cuddle through walls of plastic. We were meant to hold people close and feel the bones in their back and the rise in their chests and remind each other that we are warm bodies, still breathing, still alive. And the danger for us today, Audacious Church, is if we accept life in the proximity of bubbles, we'll miss the point that we were never meant to, we were never designed to, we were never created to live life in bubbles, but we are hardwired to connect with one another. See, the spiritual and the physical are connected. Genesis 2.18 writes, God speaks it's not good for man to be alone, so we'll create a helper a friend, an advocate, someone to come alongside Adam in the garden. And can you imagine this for Adam for a moment? He's in the Garden of Eden, him and God. Man, everything's perfect, right? Just me and JC in the perfect Garden of Eden. What more could I need in life? But God tells him, it's not good for you to be alone, mate. You need a pal, you need a friend, you need to connect with somebody. See, church, Adam had a relationship with God, a vertical relationship, yet God still asked him and demanded of him that he would have a horizontal relationship with somebody else. It's not good for us to be alone. We were created, hardwired to connect with one another, not live a me, myself, and I existence. Today, church, I want to suggest three pins that we can use today to burst the bubbles The first pin today is love. Love bursts the bubble. The Bible says this in 1 Peter. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others and as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And what love does for us, church, it takes us out from a me existence and opens us up to be able to engage 
with the world. The Bible says above everything, above what you're going through, what they said, what you're facing, love one another. See, love church is what we're called to profess, declare, and realize and actualize in our relationships with each other because God himself is love. Song of Songs 2-4 says, let his banner over me be love. In other words, God's profession over us is that he loves us and therefore our profession over one another should be one of love. And our ability in this season to venture out, to interact, to go back into the world and bridge the proximity divide rests on our ability to love people. It rests on our ability to understand and realize that we are loved by God and called to love out in terms of our interactions with other people. Love can either flow through us or stop with us. And the interesting thing is this, church, is God won't love you any less because you don't love people well, but people won't realize God's love for them if you don't love them because we were always designed to be agents of compassion, agents of love, vessels of change to a lost and broken world. And get what the Bible says. This is interesting in 1 John. Whoever does not love does not know God. Wow, mic drop, because God is love. For us today as Christians, we are called to love people, demonstrate love, witness to the world, love people better than they've ever known love before. But where we find ourselves right now is what lockdown has done is put us in a place where there's been distance between us and our ability to demonstrate love because love is best demonstrated through proximity. We've learned really well to love at a distance, haven't we? We've done the Zoom calls with family. Man, if I have another Zoom games night, I think I'm going to lose the plot. We've all been there loving well at a distance. Phone calls, waves at the window, doorstep drop-offs. But because we've learned so well at loving at afar, what has happened by default is we've become lackluster at loving up close. We've forgotten and lost the art of what it looks like to love well in proximity. You may have left friendships in a bad place pre-lockdown, and now you don't know how to approach them. You might have some family you've put off seeing. There's been lots of excuses available, and bridging some awkwardness feels too scary in this moment. There may be some people at church you've kept at arm's length, not willing to cross the proximity divide, and not letting them in because it's been easier to hide and the power of proximity is this, is that it brings us out of the darkness, out of the hiding, and brings us into the light. Now, church, can that be scary? Absolutely. It, it exposes us. It, it causes us to confront the awkwardness. It exposes the imperfections, calls out issues, enables challenge. But we'll never know the reality of God's love for us and to one another if we remain in hiding and remain at a distance from one another. Through love today, work through the issues in those friendships and relationships. Confront the challenge. Confront the complexity. Come up against the awkwardness. And then together, we'll experience the fullness of God's love for us and for each other. The power of proximity. The breakthrough in togetherness and the beauty of community. Yeah. 1 Corinthians says this about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not pride. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, and it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Some of you have got notes down of when people have wronged you. Delete those notes in Jesus' name. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. That's the love we're called to as a church today. Today, church, use the pin of love to burst the bubble of proximity. And the second pin we need to learn to use to burst the bubble is the pin of hospitality. Hospitality bursts the bubble. 1 Peter 4.9 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, I have to go do it again. I'm really fun. Without grumbling, with a smile, eager to offer hospitality. Hospitality opens up, opens me up from an it's all about myself narrative to share what I possess. Now, church, I've worked in the hospitality industry for seven years of my life. And when I say I've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt in hospitality, I mean it. I've sat with people from all over the world, every single continent, and served them a meal. I've had people from every continent try and guess where I'm from. You're from Scotland. You're from America. You're from Australia. You're from Canada. I know it's messed up, but I'm from Ireland, I promise. I've also spilt dinners on people time and time again. You've probably heard the pizza story when I dropped a pizza on somebody's head. I've chased people out of the restaurant on two occasions because they've ran off without paying their bill. Running down the street with the receipt in my hand. Hey, pay. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I've had people outrageously tip me in the restaurant, so much so that it's changed the whole outcome of my month. I've had days where we've smashed it out of the park as a team, days where we haven't, and we finish with our head in our hands. I've had times where I've woken up in the middle of the night with cold sweats because I've forgotten to give a customer her ketchup. I have been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. And in seven years, church, what I've noticed is this. Hospitality has become an industry that we attend rather than an attribute that we possess. The Bible says, church, offer hospitality, willingly give, share what you have, invite someone in. Hospitality isn't what we attend on special occasion, it's who we are. And the last season, there's been a padlock on our proximity. Our, our front doors have been locked with access only given to people that call your house their home. Our dinner tables are permanently reserved with reserve signs on it with no room for walk-in bookings for dinner. We've had times where the sound of the doorbell and the knock on the door isn't an indication of a guest for dinner, but is an indication of the delivery man leaving off a delivery. Today, church, I want to suggest it's time to unlock the front door and burst the bubble with hospitality. In 2021, let's face it, in this consumer culture, culture, hospitality has been easily reduced to a social setting we evaluate rather than a culture that we instigate. And here's how hospitality is powerful. Hospitality crosses over the proximity divide and creates a relational bridge. Nobody ever felt left out 
isolated, hurt, broken because you invited them for dinner, because you made them a meal, because you bought them a coffee, because you let them know that they were welcome in your home. Acts 20, 35 says it's better to what? Give than receive. And some of us are waiting right now for an invitation when God's called us first to be those that invite, to stretch out, step across, and invite people around and bridge the hospitality divide, bridge the proximity gap. And Jesus in John says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms, and if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you may also be where I am. You know the place to where I'm going. Jesus gave up his heavenly dwelling, came to earth, died on the cross, was resurrected again to pay the sins and debts of humanity so that we could have relationship with God. But Jesus first had to step out of his heavenly bubble, step out of the proximity bubble, and come down to earth and invite us in. And that today, church, is what hospitality does. It invites us in. It brings in the stranger. It says nobody's destined to live alone. Nobody's created to sit on the outskirts of community. Hospitality brings the guest, brings the stranger, brings the friend in. Today, church, make a decision to burst the proximity bubble and invite someone in. Today, you're saying, oh, but Pastor Lee, I have dinners all week long with people. I invite people out for coffee. I do this loads. Well, firstly, great job. That's awesome. But what I want to suggest today, when was the last time you did that with someone new? Someone that you don't know. Someone that you just met at church. Someone that you just met at work. Can you imagine how healthy and strong our relationships would be if all of us played our part in inviting other people into our homes, into our family, having dinner, having coffees? The world would be a better place. And the last thing we have to do today, church, the third pin is to use gifts because gifts burst the bubble. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And what gifts do is gifts open me up to serve those around me and cause me to realize that I'm not the center of the universe. Speaking of gifts, we have our incredible kids pastor, Abby Watling, upstairs, right now with all of the kids, not babysitting your kids, but leading them to encounters with God, a gift of leadership. We've got Paul Tavener on the second row who has this unique ability to step down and come alongside someone, strengthen people, make them realize they're not alone in what they're going through, but somebody's there for them, an incredible pastoral gift. We've got an incredible band on stage, each one of them using their gift. And Jesus gives us gifts to each one of us And the gifts are for that we would lift one another up. They're not about me. They're gifts that encourage others, teach, prophesy, lead, show mercy. And what Paul says in Romans is interesting. He says we all have different gifts. Note that, not lesser or greater, just different gifts according to the grace 
given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And you might have felt in the last 18 months or so that your gift has been on a kind of lockdown. You haven't been able to use it in the same way. There hasn't been the same opportunity. You haven't been able to use it to serve others. That doesn't mean, church, that God has locked up your gift. Your gifts may have been dormant, but they haven't been deactivated. Romans 11:29. for God's gifts and God's call are irrevocable, meaning God hasn't taken your gift away. We're just letting it gather dust on the shelf of our calling. And what I wanna to say today, church, it's time to take the gift up off the shelf, give it a wipe, give it a dust, and time to activate it and put it back into the mix. One of the reasons we're so bored at the minute is because we've stopped giving our gift. We've thought to ourselves, it's better to hold on to the gift because then if I use it, I might become used. But the whole point of your gift is that it would be used. Now church, don't get the wires crossed for a second. We are in no way in the business of using people, far from it. But we are absolutely in the business of using gifts using your gift because not only does it build God's house but the Bible says when you refresh others you yourself will be refreshed so when we're calling the gift out of you we're calling you out to be a stronger more equipped fuller funner more outrageous lover of Jesus so today church use your gift bring the gift into the house don't know what your gift is Well, what do other people say that you're good at? What is it they say about you? Or perhaps you don't know. Then the best place to start is by getting stuck in somewhere because it's far easier for God to adjust you a couple of degrees to the left or to the right when there's momentum and when you're moving than it is for God to get you up off the sofa and get you into action. Today, church, come into the house bring your gift and in doing so cross over the proximity divide and meet people you never would have met before connect with people that you think you've got nothing in common with but then they become your best friend connect with people that you thought you'd never talk to but because of a conversation you've left stronger more encouraged and more equipped today church cross over the divide now catch this There's a proximity health check I want us to go through right now. And there's a couple of questions and one of them says this. Who or what is in my proximity profile? In other words, do your bubble still exist today? What or who should be and needs to be in my proximity? Who are those people on the outskirts that when I'm speaking right now, they just light up in your mind. They're the people God's asking you to bring in. And lastly, where do I need to use my pins to burst my bubbles? The pin of love, hospitality, gifts. Bible says this in Acts 1, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus bursts the bubble of proximity with the gift of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was interested in bridging the proximity divide with his gift, then how much more do we need to use our gifts to step out and take them to the ends of the earth to build his kingdom? Martin Luther King Jr. says this, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do today, Audacious Church, keep moving forward. We all have some distance to go today and bridging the proximity divide. But let's use love, hospitality, and our gifts, and we'll be stronger than ever before. We'll be better connected than ever before. There'll be less lonely people than there ever was before. And we'll achieve together what God has placed on all of our hearts because we crossed over the divide and burst the bubbles. Today, church, burst the bubble and unlock proximity. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.